Hello, this is Claire Breeze, partner and co-head of the real estate practice at McFarland's. Welcome to our special series of podcasts focused on successful women in the real estate industry as part of our celebration of International Women's Day. Leadership in law firms has evolved significantly over the recent past. And likewise, in the real estate sector, we're seeing more women than ever coming through into senior leadership roles. We've put together a short series of podcasts where we'll be hearing from inspiring, successful women whom we work with in the real estate sector. We talk about their career stories and get their general thoughts on how the real estate sector is faring in relation to gender balance and equality. Our first episode in the series is a conversation between Heather Day, Managing Director and Chief Operating Officer for Europe at PGM Real Estate, and Nicole Mitchell, senior solicitor in our private equity real estate team. Based in London, Heather also serves on PGM Real Estate's European Executive Council and sits on several company boards across Europe. Heather joined PGM Real Estate in May 2008 as part of the Global Merchant Banking Portfolio Management Team, responsible for fund finance, operations, risk management and investor relations, and latterly heading up operations for London and Luxembourg. Nicole, over to you. So thank you, Claire, for that introduction. And Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. To start with, Heather, can you tell us a bit more about the path your career has taken to your current role at PGM? Is this where you envisaged your career taking you? Thank you, Nicole, and thank you for having me to to speak on this uh, podcast. Um, I can't tell you that I had a vision of COO in my mind when I was planning my career. Um, In fact, I I wanted to be an accountant. I am a chartered accountant. I trained at KPMG Um, and then by luck uh, left KPMG to go into real estate. But literally it was, I wanted a job in industry. Um, I didn't choose real estate. had no idea about real estate and, and, and we're talking 20 years ago, perhaps the image it had hopefully not has, or not being particularly gender diverse. I mean, that was, I was oblivious to all of that. Um, and absolutely no regrets. Um, so I was a fund accountant at ING Real Estate and then at City Property Investors. And now I've been at Pigeon Real Estate for 14 years. I've worked in portfolio management here. I've worked in investor services. I've managed our Luxembourg office headed up operations and I've been COO for the last, it's very easy for me to remember because I was made COO on the 1st of March, 2016, and I was six months pregnant. So I I know the year because it correlates with when my daughter was born. So yes, six years. Um, And uh, I, you know, I love my, I love my job and um, it it, it fits my skill set. but I couldn't necessarily pinpoint it that for anyone. Uh, when looking for this, because the COO role is it's really what you make of it. Um, someone likened it to a, a, a piano. So very broad, very wide, but not very deep because you've got to do so, so many topics. And I actually think women are naturally, um, their skill set is, is a good one for the COO role for that reason, because let's face it, we have to multitask a lot in our day-to-day lives, whether we're looking after children, whether we've got elderly parents, just the organisation tends to fall more on women. And I think that sets sets us up well for a COO type role. Yes, indeed. And in, in addition to really enjoying your role, Heather, I also know that um, promoting gender balance is something that you're hugely passionate about. Can you tell me more about the steps you've taken within PGM Real Estate to promote diversity, equity and inclusion? Um, are there any initiatives you're particularly proud of? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I think PG Real Estate was ahead of the game. We've had our um, inclusion and leadership network, which I'll call the ILN, for the last ten years, um, and we started out. It was a women, a women only initiative, looking at gender diversity. And you might recall we've had in the past we've had MIPIM drinks before anyone else is doing that. We've had internal initiatives, and I'm. Um, global executive sponsor for the island my focus is on um, the, the businesses outside the US so I see what we're doing in Asia uh, and Latin America and as well as Europe um, so but Europe obviously is where I'm sitting and there are language barriers to the other countries um, so some of the events we've had or have had um, it's really by the way it's really driven by the people in the group so there's a committee and they come up with the most fantastic ideas we've got one coming up next month on the menopause uh, and it's being led by our global head of business development who's a man but whose wife has been through the menopause and so we really want to make it an inclusive event for all genders um, to, to really see both sides of the menopause and how it can affect people at work but how it can affect um, you know if, if it's a heterosexual relationship how the man can support his partner through this as well so we've got that. We're also doing an event on ageism. And I know this is about um, gender more, but ageism cuts across everything. And it's the one area of discrimination where you're discriminating against your future self, which is ridiculous when you put it like that. Um, but we've got that one coming up. We do have, um, we're starting to do in-person gatherings again. We had a celebration for International Women's Day, which unfortunately I couldn't make, but I know was a really Really good event. I think we had um, around 80 women attend that. So our first one since, since the pandemic. Um, and then from a more structural point of view, we do have um, 10 weeks full pay paternity leave. Um, and that would also that would apply to, 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 to non-heterosexual couples as well. If it's one partner having the baby, um, the 10 weeks would apply to the other partner. Um, I think that's market leading. Um, Personally, I'd like to see equal paternity and maternity. I think that's the one way you're going to get, you're going to level the playing field, but look, it's a start. Um, and I think that's a valuable, a valuable offering. Um, really? And it feels as if it's all about creating an environment where employers aren't necessarily making assumptions about who the primary caregiver would be and creating that support network where it's, it's almost neutral. Um, so that absolutely sounds like a step in the right direction. Um, at this point, Heather, um, we're all incredibly familiar with the, the fantastic work that International Women's Day has done. Um, and this year, the theme was, of course, break the bias. Mm. Um, one of the, the statistics um, that IWD has been publishing this year is the fact that 73% of women, and this is according to leanin.org, um, encounter um, bias in the workplace, but less than a third of employers are able to recognise it. What's your experience of that been? And is there anything that PGM has been doing to help tackle conscious or unconscious bias in your in your workplace? I think having, you know, having a 20-odd year career now, I'd say the bias is definitely more on the unconscious side. So, you know, nobody makes a comment about short skirts anymore in the open. Whereas when I started my career, they would have, in fact, when I started my career at KPMG, women weren't allowed to wear trousers. So there you go. Okay. Um, and now I send my daughters to, in, to school in trousers because they're allowed, it's a gender neutral uniform. Um, so that has changed, but the unconscious bias uh, is something we have to tackle every day. Um, 
there is a very good online tool I'd recommend called it's a if you type in Harvard bias assessment, um, there's probably 10 or so different um, online assessments you can do to, to, to test your own bias, your unconscious bias, whether that's around race, whether that's around gender, whether it's around size. Um, and it's quite uh, it's quite enlightening, you know, if, if you've got that self-awareness. And I think a lot of it does come down to self-awareness, um, being able to recognise that. We do, we have had training on unconscious bias. We did it as a big group and then we broke it down and I, and I gave, um, I sit on our European exec uh, I was the only woman up until last 18 months, but thankfully we've got another woman now. Um, so uh, we had one just for the exec because um, you, you can tailor it to, to the audience, really. But that's the unconscious bias training is not just a one off. It has to be updated regularly um, for, for updated regularly, but also I think the training needs to be done regularly to keep it forefront of people's minds. We agree. Isn't it? It is, as you say, about self-awareness, but I think it's also about creating an environment where you can have open conversations and, and challenge people as to whether they'd react differently um, if the, the person who's the subject of the conversation is different. So a, a good example of that, my one of the times I've been proudest of my husband was when he came home from work one day and said, um, I was in a meeting today and I challenged the people as to whether they'd be reacting differently if it wasn't a, a woman who we were discussing. Um, and he'd come to the conclusion that it, it would be a different reaction. Um, and I, I must say, I mean, maybe it's being a father of daughters um, as he is, but I think that's exactly the sort of conversation we should be having. It doesn't have to be in a confrontational way, um, but just to sort of openly start working away at that sort of slightly more sort of insidious challenge, as you said, um, and starting to tackle it. Absolutely. Men as allies. We can't we can't get anywhere without bringing the men along. Um exactly. So uh, one thing I heard, actually, um, in a big in a big group meeting where there was there were a few women, one of the men at the table said, who was an ally, said, look, I'm going to bang the table every time you're interrupted. And literally everybody else was just, again, self-awareness. They just weren't aware they were interrupting. So one observation I've made is that when a woman's interrupted, she stops talking. When a man is interrupted, he just keeps talking, possibly louder. Um, and this this is something that I, I recognise that I do um, that I'm trying to overcome. But it's uh, it's again an interesting observation. Uh, another initiative that we are um, performing at Pigeon Real Estate is 360 DEI assessments for MDs. And we started it at the end of last year. Uh, we're waiting, and um, you know we've we've rated the MDs. This is globally. Um, based on those assessments, and they are getting feedback um, imminently in the next week or so. And ultimately, what I'd love to see is that tied into COM at the year end. Now, it's not currently because it's the first time we've done this, but I think it's something we can see in the future. So finally, for women starting their careers, what tips would you have for them? And do you think there's anything that more senior women such as ourselves can do to support them through these sort of challenges? I think it's a great time to be a woman entering the marketplace. Um, whether it's more companies hiring diverse candidates or just that, again, that that, that more of an open environment discussing um, diversity issues. Um, I'd say don't be afraid. Uh, it's always daunting, um, you know, going into choosing any career. Um, and find yourself a mentor. Not an official mentor, not one, you know, where you meet one hour every two weeks, but somebody um, 
that can help you navigate the workplace. And again, as, as senior women, we should be offering that up to our junior women. Um, I do it on an unofficial basis with a handful of women, both in real estate and outside of real estate, actually, in our other business units. Just a just a chat, just a coffee. You know, what are you seeing? How can I help? Advice. How would you how would you how would you tackle this? How would you? And I, I didn't have that. Um, but, you know, it's important. Um, I'd also recommend a book called The Authority Gap, which uh, goes through different aspects of life, um, media, um, books, education, workplace, and looks at how the gender gap, uh, how, how it currently is. Um, and at the end, there's a page, there's chapters on recommendations for employers, employees, et cetera, to, to, to how we can narrow this gap. Because the point of the book says the gap is still there. It's not it. It's you read through the book and you think, oh, this is no, this is there's no hope. And then there's a lot of hope. So I would recommend that to any 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 woman starting out. It turned me into even more of a feminist than I am currently. So I loved it. Sounds great. I'll definitely look that up. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Heather, for telling us about what you you guys have been doing within PGIM. Um, it's been hugely interesting. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.